talk about uh, the hot weather. I'm sure uh, if you're out and about, you're enjoying uh, the pleasant weather uh, outside. It's been pretty good today, but uh, uh, there were some really hot days or, uh, earlier this week. And um, uh, if you don't have a cooling system uh, in your home, whether it be a, a pump system or an air conditioner, uh, it can be quite challenging. And we certainly know with uh, high temperatures, which we saw during the 2021 heat dome, it led to uh, people dying uh, because they did not have cooling systems. It also uh, pointed out a, a strong, a significant weakness uh, in our overall uh, public safety system, not just the provincial level, but the municipal level. You know, this uh, year, even last week, as we talked about the, 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 the heat that was coming, we spoke to uh, Patrick Johnstone, the uh, mayor of New Westminster, about uh, potentially opening up cooling stations uh, in the community. Uh, but one of the things that the um, uh, Vancouver local government association meeting recently, there was a, a policy put forward, uh, which was defeated, but it was a very close vote. It was put forward by Port Moody, basically saying that landlords uh, moving forward are, of course, as we know, responsible for providing heat whenever you pay your rent. But they also, in that policy, um, proposed policy, they would also be ref- uh, responsible for a cooling system of some sort. Now, I say all of this because uh, other governments seem to be moving forward uh, when it comes comes to learning from the heat dome. And I'm talking about Washington State uh, and Oregon, and uh, both states, uh, to a certain degree, uh, are working towards providing air conditioners for those most at risk, and especially those that are low income. Joining me now to talk a little bit about um, these heat events and helping our fellow citizens is Rowan Burge. He's a provincial director of the BC Poverty Reduction Coalition. Rowan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Jazz. Happy to be here. Uh, walk me through this. What kind of things are you hearing um, during this week in regards to people dealing with, with the heat and even perhaps uh, previous events? Uh, what are you hearing from low-income residents? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, a lot of people are really worried and concerned for their health and safety. We work with a lot of folks that are fairly isolated and don't have access to some of the same resources that other folks might. So, you know, as you pointed out, you know, air conditioning is such an important mitigation tool, but not everybody can afford an air conditioning unit or a heat pump or the cost of energy that it takes to run those systems. And so, you know, we really look to Washington and Oregon and what they've implemented in terms of advocating for free units for people who are on social assistance. So mm-hmm. we, we are really strongly recommending that the BC government take that up as well. So so to my understanding, the uh, the Oregon legislature passed the, the law in March of 2022, and that was in response to the previous year's heat dome that killed more than 100 people in that state. Uh, when, when, when they say distribute air conditioners to those who can't afford it, it's like a cooling unit you can put in a room that you could purchase a at a like a at a Canadian tire and is that Absolutely. what they mean by air conditioners? Yes, that's exactly right. And you know, if we start to think about cooling as a human right rather than sort of as a luxury or like a thing that people just get to enjoy and appreciate in the summer, um, you know, there's a good reason for that being thought of as a medically supported life sustaining device for folks who can't afford, you know, those cooling um, that cooling access in these kinds of extreme weather events that we're seeing. So in Oregon, I think they distributed over 3,000 air conditioners. And uh, I think the, the, the Washington State has opened up a low-income energy assistance program uh, for mobile air conditioning units as well. Uh, is there been any indication from the B.C. government at this point that they, they're moving in that direction? 
Hard to say, honestly, following the coroner's inquiry report after the heat dome of 2021, where, you know, 619 people in, in British Columbia died, um, there was a recommendation made that the BC government review the possibility of having such a program. Unfortunately, the program is not yet in place, and um, it's about five months overdue from when we're supposed to hear uh, more from that review process. So, you know, it's been two years since the heat dome of 2021, and, you know, we're anticipating hot weather this summer, so we're really advocating to push forward with that program and that uh, sort of review to see if that might be feasible in BC, because we know that, you know, the problem isn't that people don't know it's hot, it's that they can't afford, you know, the thing that would keep them cool. Mm -hmm. Do you think perhaps, uh, forget the provincial government, because it can be a bit slower moving and it's got the whole province to, to, to worry mm-hmm. about. Uh, let's say I'm just using, I'm taking New Westminster as an example. If the community of New Westminster, you know, were to purchase, let's say, 50 of these units, wouldn't that be better? And then, you know, residents can at least come in, put a deposit down and, and, and use those units for a set period of time. Let's say it's kind of like borrowing a library book. You, you take it away for a week knowing full well there's a, there's a, a weather event coming. Would, would that not be a bit more uh, grassroots and perhaps closer to residents who need it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. And, you know, I commend New West for considering that as an option. I think, you know, if municipalities are able to activate whatever kind of heat responses that support uh, folks experiencing barriers, that's fantastic. Um, because we know that, you know, many people can't access a cooling center in the same way if people with mobility issues, a lot of seniors. Um, who may experience, you know, different challenges, that can be a really nice alternative option. But I think we really need a suite of mitigation measures to make sure that people are being protected and cared for and safe in these kinds of events. Uh, I brought up the issue of uh, the Lower Mainland uh, Municipal Governments Association that voted down uh, the proposal by Port Moody, which basically uh, says that landlords uh, already responsible for providing heat uh, would also be responsible for providing cooling system. Would you support something like that? Because I, we've heard from landlords who just call the open line here and said, look, I've got enough costs. I shouldn't be able to, I shouldn't be the one responsible for a cooling system as well. There's got to be a better system. Or do you, or are you supportive of, of putting the onus on landlords to providing perhaps a, one of those cooling systems that you and I were talking about? Yeah, you know, we really do support more regulation in this area. I know it's really challenging for, you know, individual landlords to, you know, afford this extra equipment and it doesn't really, there's not a lot of incentives for landlords to provide this kind of cooling for their tenants, Um, but we do know that it is a, uh, an important part of a human rights spectrum in terms of cooling. And, you know, so many people would really benefit from having access to cooling in their buildings and suites, um, you know, and other housing programs, social housing, supportive housing, shelters. Also, uh, we really are encouraging folks to, you know, take on policies that would ensure heat and cooling access. You know, for so long in Canada, the issue was keeping people warm in the winter. And it's, you know, it's a different kind of infrastructure that we're sort of having to develop um, as we see temperatures rise. This wasn't an issue 10 years ago, and and now it is. And now we have to really be um, robust to prevent, you know, prevent the loss of life that we saw two years ago that would have been preventable had we known how to better care for people living in BC um, and their access to cooling. Did you ever think as as a provincial director of the BC Poverty Reduction Coalition, you'd actually be talking about air conditioning? No, <laughs> honestly, we weren't very climate um, involved for quite a long time, but more and more as we see climate impacts um, sort of disproportionately affect low-income people and some of the other populations that we work with, like elder folks and people with disabilities, it's become more and more a part of my job. So it's a, it's definitely an evolution we didn't predict. Yeah, it is a, it's, it is a much different environment, that's for sure. Uh, Rowan, thank you so much for your time today. For sure. Thanks for having me.